uh, I threw away my uh, I voted sticker today because I didn't want to yeah. look at that anymore. Yeah. Where were you keeping it? I had stuck it to so the apartment I live in is has a, a kind of quasi rustic eighties upstate aesthetic to it. It's got a little bit of a got a little bit of a summer lodge feel to it, and uh, it's got this sort of lightly stained natural wood um, accoutrements around the kitchen, and I just stuck stuck it on the wood so that when I would go into the kitchen, I would be reminded that I uh, helped elect the first woman president. But I just noticed it today, and I was like, oh, that didn't work. I didn't get, work. I want to get rid of that. Instead, we ended America. Yeah. yeah. You see, did you see this morning that he, um, the 89-year-old guy who has announced every inauguration parade since Eisenhower, uh, yeah. Trump, Trump fired him and replaced, yeah. replaced him with a Trump supporter. Yeah. Probably had him killed. Because Trump is a is that kind of fellow. He's evil. <laughs> He's evil. He would use chemical weapons on his own people. He will. He will. You're predicting this? Yeah. He will use chemical weapons on the state of... Yes. On some state that hasn't been made yet. It's going to be a new state? Yeah. <laughs> this could be some new states. <laughs> what will they be called? Uh, Eric Jr. <laughs> uh, West Eric Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Ivanka, Rhode Island, and Providence Colonies. <laughs> be the full name of it, but it's just going to be called Ivanka. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> The Commonwealth of Amorosa. <laughs> and an Indian territory. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have some territories. Oh, throwback city, man. Yeah. Well, he's going to make America great again. Mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm so, I'm so dark, John. Yeah, I've been I'm seeing so dark. Every now and then, you surface on Twitter and and you say that America is over. <laughs> well, you'll see that no more. I've left. I've left Twitter. You have you you have you deleted left, your account? I deleted my accounts in Twitter and Facebook, and I'm deleting all of my photos on Instagram. Really? I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep Instagram. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to trying to get rid of everything. All traces. I'm getting rid of my credit cards. No, um, really? Yeah. Well, fuck yeah. Why? Things are just bad. Things are going to happen, and I want to have as little as little of a trail connected as possible. Gee, life without credit cards is going to be a challenge. I don't have any money anyway, John. Oh, all right. Well, that. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really bad. Sure. And I'm really. I, I'm shocked that. That people don't have the imagination to, a lot of people do, but a lot of people don't have the imagination to really understand how bad things are going to be. I, um, I certainly have the imagination, and my imagination has been going to that place many times a day. Um, but I, I don't think, 
it's doing me any good. Quite the contrary, and it it may be that uh, I I'm, actually think maybe it's as less it's less dire than I thought it was going to be. Maybe, but um, but we'll see. I am digging my hole and crawling into it. Okay. That's yeah, that's my that's my self defense. <laughs> yeah, that's legit. That's that's how I'm gonna keep outrage from crippling me is uh dropping out. Okay. Well it, um it's very uh, it's a very poet friendly response to the situation. No. no. Not dropping out of this though. Oh good. Good. Do you um do you uh, subscribe to an print newspapers? I subscribe to the New York Times Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to the Oregonian for a year. It was a waste of money. Um, yeah, no. What is that a Gannett paper? Are they all Gannett papers? That's also a bird. That's a kind of bird. It's a pelagic <laughs> seabird. Oh, it's a elegy. It's an elegiac seabird. <laughs> Most newspapers are elegiac seabirds. <laughs> seabirds. Seabird. Um, we, yeah, we got, uh, you got dinged on Twitter about, this is, I think this is the real reason you're deleting your Twitter, is that someone um, accused you of misidentifying a bird. I, I, I stand by, I didn't even look it up. I I, I don't think that, that Andrew, whoever it was, was correct about the Rufus. Rufus Tohi. Yeah, yeah. I, I have it. I have actually took a note here. There is a Rufus Tohi. There is a there is a Rufus sided Tohi. Yeah. Oh, sided. Rufus sided Tohi. Yeah. Okay. Pipolo aeropothalamus. Erythropothalamus. Yeah. Uh, it scratches under leaves looking for food, much as I will be doing during the Trump administration. Uh, nuts, seeds, and fruits make up most of its diet. It's macrobiotic. It also eats some insects, but uh, uh, but don't tell anyone. Okay. Uh, they have regional accents, depending on where they live. Their call will vary. Birds in the east sound nothing like birds in the west. I noticed, I noticed that when I moved from the east coast to Montana... Um, that the birds, the same birds sounded different. Yeah. The crows sounded different. Yep, they do. They do have a different uh, different thing going on. Got a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, robins vary a lot from place to place. Finches. You, you sent me something. I'm going to look at it. God damn, you're right. Rufus sided Tohi. There it is. Real bird. I know my stuff. Yeah, I thought you were just making up that Latin, but no. no. Let's let's Tip talk about though. What is this? N N H P T V is the is the website is the antiquated website that this is. Oh, New Hampshire Public Television. Let's talk yeah, about don't the. You, don't you get most of your information from New Hampshire Public Television? I want to talk about the. Um, I want to talk about the logo. The New Hampshire Public Television logo. It's in the top right. I'll put this in the notes. Top right corner. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, letters. 
that have heads? Yeah, letters that have heads. And it's it's in that sort of 80s, that common 80s typographic cliche of, uh, or logo cliche of, like, people celebrating life with their arms flung in the air and their heads are just little disembodied uh, dots. And the H kind of looks like a person. You you know, you you turn the, yeah. the the lower parts of the H are legs, the upper parts of the H are arms, and the yeah. head goes in between the upper parts, and it looks sort of like a person cheering. But then they tried to do the same thing with the N. Yeah. And I'm not, I, can, I do not see a human falling into that configuration. I just don't, it doesn't look right. Yeah, the M was pushing it. Yeah. Yeah, the M was pushing it. I mean, the N. Um, although they both have arm-like things, uh, but the H, the H with a head looks like a, a person expressing joy or asking to be picked up, or saying, "Don't shoot." <laughs> Those are all the same gesture. <laughs> um, my God, you sent me a disturbing page. Um, a, a Google search, a Google image search for typeface letters with human heads. There's, yeah. a, le- there's a letter R here that is m- one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. <laughs> Which R is that? The the octopus one? No, or? it's on, for me. It's on the second row. Yeah. Here, I'll t- oh God, it's really, really We're, disturbing. Hold on. The P and the R both seem to be somebody. Uh, oh, I see what they are. They're using a little extra. Like, uh, oh, I, the one that's a, oh, that is a human head. Yeah. It's yeah. Oh, I love it. Truly revolting. Yeah. Yeah, I want that. Uh, that's a book cover. Yeah. Why aren't there more? What well, this is a book designer's <laughs> unexplored territory, which is <laughs> le- the letters with with being made of human heads. Oh, presumably, well, the, presumably the authors. It's human skin font is where this is from. Yeah, new favorite font. Oh my god, that's that's horrible. Human skin font. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I know you like you like typeface. I do. I do like typeface. I really do. There's one that I I'm really into that I haven't figured out what to. I haven't figured out what to do with, and that is Dapifer. Have I told you about Dapifer? No. Um, it is a, it's a typeface made by Darden Studio. Yeah. Um, it is a slab serif. I'm going to send you a link to it. Um, it's a little... The ideal thing to do with it, I think, would be to put it on a menu. But I don't have a restaurant. Here's a link. Um, and that that's a shame. No, it is a shame. It is a shame. Because that's what I need in my life, is to run a business, a small business. Yeah. That will make everything better. So, if you can see it there. I, I actually paid money for Dapifer Book because it's so beautiful. Uh, and I want to do something with it, but I don't know what. Maybe print my own chat book. These are all Dapifer? Or yeah. Is there, 
These are Variety all of- varieties of Dapifer. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Styles uh, of Dapifer. They are lovely. Aren't they? They are They are very lovely on a computer screen. Yeah. They might be a little too open on a printed page. Could be. Well, I like them. Very nice. Very nice. Dapifer. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still I'm still looking for a, I'm still half acidly looking for places to send a chapbook of prose poems slash weird very short stories, mm-hmm. and I haven't found one. There's one that uh, um, one called uh, let's see if I can find it here. Sixth Finch is a lit mag, but uh, oh yeah, that's a good one. I've uh, yeah, Sixth Finch is great. Rob McDonald, I think. Uh, that's the publisher. Uh, no. I I didn't know about it uh, until I saw uh, uh, Dobby Gibson has a chat book coming out from them and posted a photo of it on Twitter and it's lovely. Mm-hmm. And I like Dobby and I like his work, so yeah. maybe I will. I mean, they they specifically are looking for uh, poetry and art, and I'm neither of those things. But I think. It's, my mistranslations and meeting notes are sort of prose poems. Maybe more prose poems than stories, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I wouldn't call it... I would, I'm not even sure I'd call it fiction. No? It's, well, I mean, it is, but it's more... It's, it's not... It's, it's, a, it's a, a skipped stone away from, from poetry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Especially if it's all in human skin font. <laughs> that should be on my uh, contract writer. I should have a contract writer for one thing for yeah. for my work, and it should uh, insist on human skin font. Yeah. My favorite thing about human skin font is the <laughs> hair. Yeah. Yeah, it's disturbing. I wish I could see more of it. We just get that one letter R. Okay. Oh, there it Be is. Careful. There's the rest. Oh. Be careful what you wish for, John. Oh, Ed, no. Uh, yeah. This is terrible. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Good. Are we all going to look 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 like this in four years? This no. is the evolution. The survivors are going to look this way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Revolting. Well, I've at least found, and at least I know what the uh, the image for this uh, episode of the podcast is going to be on the blog. I like how the R they've given the R mole. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Uh, it's not all your uh, camera. Oops, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Your camera is going in and out. Oh, you're back. There you go. Back. Yeah, it's yeah. all. Every the, the only thing that disturbs me is that the. Everyone is white except for the Z. Yeah. The Z yeah. is African-American, uh, an African-American woman. Yeah. And she's surrounded by, uh, by white people, mostly white men. Yeah. How do you feel about That's that? How it is sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's true, it is. Taraji P. Henson at a uh, uh, Ikea. Huh? Hmm? What was that? What was that reference? Oh, uh, uh, I've been thinking a lot about Taraji P. Henson, who's yeah. the actress. Mostly because I think that uh, I, I, 
also spent a lot of my time as a father of a young child thinking about Jim Henson and that uh, Taraji Jim Henson would be a nice mashup of a, of a person. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know Taraji Henson. What, what has she been um, acting in? Empire, John. Oh, okay. I haven't seen Empire. Uh, I think she's Cookie. You like you recommend Empire? No. <laughs> okay. Did you no, recommend it's... her? You like her, but not the show she's in. Oh, she's great. Okay. Great. Yeah, no, the only television show I recommend is Designated Survivor, which seems to be on hiatus. What, and what is that? Oh, that's right. It's the, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 the president show. Yeah, it's the president show. But yeah. it's so bad that it does not feel like a commentary on the apocalypse <laughs> unfolding in front of us. It's like there's a meteor heading towards the towards the world, and we know it, and it's almost here. But I'm watching, like, uh, a movie about a meteor he- 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 hurtling towards the Earth, and it doesn't seem to be referencing the other. That's how bad it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's dark, man. It's sort of holistic. It's like against like. Yeah. yeah. It's so similar to the truth that it uh, negates um, negates itself. So if we were moving t- towards a holistic politics, um, yeah. do, you, do, we, do we find another Trump and also elect him or her president and then yeah. the Trump's... Yeah, like like against like. Yeah, we don't need yeah we don't need to raise up anti-Trumps. We need to raise up more Trumps. Okay. To diminish the Trump, the individual Trump, we need fifteen. Well, there are. There are lots of little Trumps. Lots yeah. of them. Yeah, that actually doesn't seem to be working. I've but, always been skeptical of holistic uh, medicine. Oh, oh uh, have you? It's <laughs> yeah. a bold stance you're taking there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I like its roots. Its roots are in. Kind of hermetic, uh, alchemical, yeah, uh, thinking, which oh, I, I like. You know what I? I meant um, uh, uh, homeopathic was what I was thinking of, not not holistic. Same sort of, I think, same root. I think. I think they're both like against like. Yeah, but homeopaths think that you you can get like one molecule of something in a big glass of water, and that that will. That will that, that's somehow more effective than actual medicine. Molecules. Something, something about hitting a hitting a hitting a piece of leather on it. I don't know yeah. anything about it, but I don't like it. Passing a potato, burying it, then passing a potato over it. I found a note. Uh, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. You know, yeah. like the, people's dumb jokes about a martini so dry, you just you just run through the room with the open bottle of vermouth, which is stupid yeah. because vermouth is, is yummy, but, uh, yeah. uh, it's, it's kind of like that except with medicine. Yeah. Um, I had a note, um, a note in my notebook unconnected to anything else that said homeopathic bar. And I, this returns to me every now and then, which is like, all you need is one molecule of whiskey in a glass of water, and you should get, you should get drunk. Well, think of the savings. I and mean, if you're running the bar, yeah, yeah, charge people five dollars for a shot of whiskey that is water, which I think I paid for recently. There's a bar I like called the Sandy Hut. Yeah, 
you come to Portland, sometime, I'll take you to the Sandy. Well, I, I'd take you back in time to the Sandy Hut as it was 25 or 30 years ago, although it still is more or less the same. Okay. Um, it's not still a good bar. Um, but last time I was there, I think that I, I had some some whiskey that was about half water. Oh, really? Yeah, or mixed in with some Monarch whiskey or something else. So the internet, here's what the internet says about the Sandy Hut. Something has happened to it. Here's an article from the uh, Portland Mercury that says, here's what's really happening to the Sandy Hut. And another article refers to it as the Born Again Bar. So is it in fact an old bar that has been reconstituted? It's an old bar that that uh, um, that has new owners mm-hmm. who kept it more or less the way it is. It was um, kept it from being torn down. Um, different clientele, I guess. It's it was trying. on a sketch. It was on a sketchy street that is now um, not sketchy. It's it's on. It looks like it's on. It's so, sort of like a micro uh, flat iron. It's it's on a. On a, on a, yeah. at a it's strong a triangle. Angle. Yeah. 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 And the electric literature even has an office in it. <laughs> electric it's, literature is not in the Flatiron building. It's inside a, it's inside the, uh, a big buck hunter game. <laughs> where their, their micro offices are. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, so anyway, do you have a, it's a, it's a new year. You doing good? Have a good, uh, new year's Eve and, uh, Christmas? Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it's, you know, this is, I, I, it's, oh my god, Ed, what do you, what is that? It's me now. Uh, Ed has replaced himself with an alien. That's a very crudely designed alien figure. What's it, what's it from? Missing a hand. I don't know. It's from when I was a kid. I painted the back of it silver with some of my, uh, D and D figurine painting paint. Sure, it's got six arms. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it was fine. It was it was less sad than I worried it would be. Uh, spent the spent the the day itself uh, with my kids and their mother, and then uh, their mother headed out to visit her family, which is a fraught fraught thing for her. And uh, spent New Year's in Connecticut. Went to a, went to a diner. I'm picking my way, continuing to pick my way through um, Yankee Magazine's 15 Best Dinners in New England article yep. by Mike Urban. I think I referenced it um, mm-hmm. a few episodes ago. Uh, and this time we tried the Laurel Diner in... Where the hell is it? Uh, sorry. There. Uh, it's in Southbury. Southbury, Connecticut, which is not a place I recommend going. Uh, but corned beef hash is their specialty. And Good. also their uh, home fries, which is many diners' specialty. But these are among the best uh, home fries I've ever had. Uh, I just ordered the uh, order the home fries uh, hash uh, over medium eggs. Um, the eggs are laid over the hash. 
They were perfectly over medium, which is rare. After they've been cooked, they're laid over the ash, or they're mixed in? No, they are just set on top of it. So, but okay. they're they're runny enough so that you can you yeah. can slice them up and let the let the yolk sink down into the hash. Um, friendly staff. It's a little little place on a commercial road uh, with a very tiny parking lot. Um, but if it's the weekend, you can probably park across the street at the senior center, which is closed. Uh, uh-huh. Don't want to park permanently. No, no, no. Just for the weekend. And then uh, you probably don't want to park uh, in the firehouse parking lot next door. Um, but anyway, highly, highly recommended. And the and the uh, writer of this um, of this diner article um, said also recommends cinnamon raisin French toast, which is uh, a cinnamon bun cut in half, uh, dipped in egg, and lightly browned. On Pete's famous griddle. Oh, that does sound good. Yeah. That does sound good. The lunchtime sandwich that this guy recommends is the hefty barbecue bacon and onion ring burger. Too many things. And there's also a tasty vegetarian omelet, apparently. Which you did not have. Did not have that. No. No, you gotta have egg you gotta have eggs. When you're trying a diner for the first time. So Laurel Diner in Southbury, highly recommended. I like it. Also, they have mugs. They have coffee mugs that are covered with advertising. Uh, And I didn't, I I should have known this was a thing you could get. I've just never thought of it before. Very much like those old-fashioned diner menus that have a grid of local ads on them. The Mm -hmm. Laurel gets an annual mug that has uh, ads all the way around it for law offices and laundromats and things like that. And, uh, that was it. That's the mug that you have in the diner. That's the mug you have in the diner. Yeah. That's nice. I like that. Yeah, I like. It, it helps mark mark time as well as uh, advise you of local retail opportunities. Yeah, and uh, it's cl- classic diner mug shape, except larger, holds more coffee. I like that. Diner mugs, restaurant coffee mugs are usually too small because they're trying. They don't want you to to sit there and have a cup a real cup of coffee. And said so they want you to have a little taste of coffee, and then on your way. Thank you very much. Well, Next here, here's a, here's a contrarian opinion about that because I I agree that is a potential use for the overly small diner coffee mug. The demitasse. <laughs> it's a demitasse that is actually on the outside a uh, a regular mug. Oh, it looks big. It looks, it looks like big. it's big enough. It's got a yeah. thick wall. Weighs a ton. So one. Um, you playing a little jazz there? Oh no, that's your phone. One, uh, not easily broken, which is a good thing at a diner. But two, it also means that though you don't get a whole lot of coffee at once, if they're inclined to let you stick around, the coffee you do have will always be hot because they'll always be having to refill it. I don't want my coffee to always be hot. You know, order to be drinkable. Well, right? sure, sure, but you'd also don't. It's got to it's got to cool down. There's a cool down period between getting the coffee, and then you you, you might sit with it for a couple minutes before you have any, and that's part of the part of the enjoyment of the coffee is the delay of waiting for it to sort of you know cool to your specific temperature. 
if it's winter time, you you uh, warm your hands with it first, and then when the coffee is warm is cool enough, you warm your insides with it. But it should be it should be warm enough inside a diner that you're not looking for alternate sources of warmth. <laughs> like you're just picking up things on the table. Is this pepper warm enough? Is this salt warm enough? <laughs> yeah, but I like to sit by the window. And that's usually a little little chillier than... I was at a nice little coffee shop up on Killingsworth. I don't know yeah. the name of it. And it, it's, been, it's been cold. It's cold here. We're having a cold snap. You had snow, talking. didn't you? The Pacific Northwest. Looking out my window, there's ice. My windows are completely covered in ice. Wow. It's a snowy hellscape out there. <laughs> but it should all start melting by tonight. I just want it to melt in time for me to go to trivia tonight at 9 o'clock. My one social engagement. 9 o'clock on Sundays. Yeah. I've had to miss a lot this winter because of foolishness like this. Like the uh, podcast, you mean? No, no, this being the uh, the wintry mix. Oh, all right. <laughs> wintry mix. The wintry mix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a nice, nice coffee shop that was all windows up on Killingsworth, and uh, I was sitting against the window, and the window was too cold, so I set my um, notebook yeah. against the, between my arm and the window. So I could still have my arm against the window, but it's against my notebook. Right. Uh, while I was reading um, Gooseberries, the By Anton Chekhov, Chekhov short story, yes, yeah, from a free, free, free copy of the Richard Ford introduced um, Chekhov that I found in the street. <laughs> Good. And then when I wanted to write, I replaced the uh, notebook with the Chekhov and mm-hmm. uh, with my notebook. I found them both to be very acceptable substitutes for a cold window against my arm. <laughs> you know that story, Gooseberries? Yeah. That's one of my favorite stories. Um, why don't you, why don't you uh, synopsize it for the listener, since it's been a while since I've, uh, I've read it. It's, it invol- it's, a, it's about a, uh, a marriage, is it not? It's about a man and a woman. It is not. No, it isn't. What? No, no it's a bunch of men. That's what oh. I like about it. All right, well, then I'm thinking uh, of a different story. A couple of guys are walking around in the country. Uh, it starts to rain, so All they right. go. They go to a friend's uh, friend's house in the country, um, a farmer, and uh, they uh, swim in the pond. They take a bath, yeah, and then uh, then they have uh, dinner. And one of them tells a story that the rain had interrupted him telling earlier about his brother, who was a clerk for many years, saved up money to buy a farm similar to the one that they're at, um, thinking that it would make him happy, uh, didn't make him happy, and uh, and then uh, they all go to bed, and uh, the guy who was telling, one of the people who heard the story um, has a night of uneasy sleep. That's the story. Yeah. Last line is, the rain beat against the windows all night long. Yeah. It's uh, you can actually read it online. I don't know who the translation. Oh yes, I do. Translated by uh, Kotelyansky and Cannon. Is that the couple who translated all the? It's not. I've never heard of this translation, but I, l- I like the Constance Garnett translation. Classic, classic. Because it's classic. Yeah, it's a it's a good bit. Well, the Constance Garnett 
Translation is the one Not that... Not perfect, probably, but it's comfortable. No, it's very comfortable, and it feels it seems to honor the doesn't it doesn't attempt to modernize the language at all. Um, right. It was the one that when I was working at uh, Second Thought, the coffee shop in Missoula, the late coffee shop in Missoula, um, and the owner for a while sold uh, remainders of books there, uh, and for a little while he had remainders of the whole this entire paperback edition of the Constance Garnett Chekhov. Yeah. And so those have been in my life for a long time. Yeah. It's like I love I loved the Lydia Davis translation of, of Swan's Way. Uh, Swan's Way. Yeah. But it's not the one I think of. I th- oh, really? For me it's Moncrief. Yeah. And I and I, I know that there's it's not a great you know, a perfect translation and sure. a lot is missed, but that's that's what uh it's good it's good writing. Mm-hmm. In English, and uh, certainly, maybe I get maybe it's ten percent Proust. Yeah, <laughs> still pretty good. Uh, I wish that that whole Penguin uh, Penguin uh, Proust had been Lydia Davis because I maybe it was because it was the first one I read and it set the tone uh, for the whole series. But, <laughs> bless you. Um, but I didn't like the transla- any other book in did that. You read in the, the, did you read the others? Or? I read the first four. Uh, no, I've never gotten to the last couple. Um, I haven't read all of. That might that might be Proust's fault because I I don't I never bought Albertine. I I was bored by that by Albertine, and I, and and I you know I think the I think that the 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 real life analog of Albertine was a, was a boy was a young man. Um, but it makes the, you know, there's a bit where he, he's, he has to be roommates with Albertine for a while, which makes no sense. It would not have happened, but of course it would have happened if Albertine was boy. Um, and it's a shame that he couldn't have, uh, have written it that way. But, um, uh, but anyway, Yes, I like the I like the Davis, but um, I never read all the way through a volume of the Moncrief, just to about half of Swan's Way. What have you been reading lately? In this well, winter? that's a good question, Ed. Uh, maybe my only New Year's resolution is not only to dedicate more of my time to reading, but to keep a notebook of everything I have read with my thoughts and feelings about each book. Um, good, good habit. Uh, our friend Elisa Gabbert uh, does an annual Everything I Read This Year blog post. Um, and I'm, I've, I was envious of it when I was reading it. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute. I could also <laughs> write down everything I read. I, I probably won't put it on a blog post. but um, uh, And of course, it, it makes me, when I'm not... My my hope is that when I'm not entering data into my reading notebook, um, that will make me feel shame, and I will read instead of doing things that are maybe less pleasurable in the in the long term, but certainly less enriching to my uh, literary consciousness. So yeah. Uh, so the first thing I tried to read was uh, a short uh, celebrated. Literary novel, historical novel, 
excuse me, which um, I did not finish. Um, it was beautifully written, but it was it the Bible, John? Was it the Bible? Little book I like to call the Bible. It felt a bit like a research dump to me. It didn't really appeal to me. But um, so I read a uh, John Grisham thriller because I've never done that before. I've never read John Grisham. I haven't either. Fun. Uh, I read The Partner, and yeah. it's really good. Highly entertaining, nice clean sentences, slightly eccentric use of semicolons. We'll have an independent clause, a semicolon, and then a dependent clause, like a sentence fragment. And I understand his intent in this context. The sentence fragment is a sentence. Uh, But it's an odd usage and brought me up short. Um, Stephen King-ish. Does it read like Stephen King, then? No, no, it's much tighter than Stephen King. Um, And uh, uh, lots of points of view, pretty well-managed points of view. He dips into the third limited from time to time, but pulls back out to this very brisk, uh, efficient omniscience. Um, And the plot of this book was really... part, Part of the problem is the protagonist knows stuff that the writer does not want the reader to know until the end. And the only way to do that competently is if you're going to get into his head at all, you have to have the book being guided by an omniscience so that you don't think, well, I'm in his head. He just happens not to be thinking the, the facts that I want to know. Uh, but when you've got the omniscience kind of controlling everything and foregrounding the artifice of the story, that works. And so I was... So it's like uh, the attorney went into the parking garage. <laughs> His seersucker suit was uh, 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 matted with sweat against his strong athletic thighs. (laughs) He smirked, thinking about the thing that I'm not going to tell you about. (laughs) He thought back to the judge, uh, pounding the gavel and saying, Order, 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 guilty, everybody's guilty. Suddenly, from the other side of the suburban with Mississippi plates, something moved. Is that Grisham? Is that pretty much Grisham? Uh, it's better than that, but sure. Does he have athletic thighs under his soccer suits? Because that's quality stuff. Sure, sure, sure. That's for free to John Grisham. Yeah, well... You're going to regret giving giving that up for free. <laughs> so then I finished that. I wrote about it. Oh, in my John, I, we all write for free now. Oh, Eddie. Eddie. Uh, you know that and, song? That uh, Gillian Welch song? Of course. Every, everything, everything is free. Is free. Yeah. yeah. They figured it out. Uh, yeah, I, I sometimes will mournfully uh, mournfully cover that on the acoustic guitar alone <laughs> in my in my bachelor pad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um uh I did make a little money writing a short story about um writing a short story about Donald Trump that's actually a cover of Nabokov. Um it's a cover of Nabokov's uh visit to the museum. Uh okay. featuring featuring me on a book tour. In this version of the world I have become uh famous for my uh novel my dystopic novel that uh, about a Donald Trump presidency, which is okay. not which is not a real thing right, because right. Hillary Clinton has been president for six years. 
Um, and then things happen that also happen in uh, Nabokov's story, but in my own special Lenin way. And that's going to be there's going to be a bunch of stories of this ilk in Slate uh, in a couple of weeks for inauguration. We all got commissioned to to imagine the what the Trump years might be like. So I think Jeff Vandermeer is writing about a a theme park um, that you enter through Trump's anus. Hmm. But anyway, uh, I when I finished the Grisham and and uh, took notes on it, I started reading um, Ted Chang's uh, stories of stories of your life and others. I think it's called. Um, I think actually it's now called Arrival. They reissued this collection because the movie Arrival was based on one of the stories. Um, and I've only read the first one, but I must say it's unlike any. I've never read a short story like it. And it's about uh, people in Babylon building the Tower of Babylon. But in this instance of reality, the Tower of Babylon actually reaches the vault of heaven uh, many, many miles from the surface of the earth. And miners go up there and begin to chip through the vault of heaven uh, to hope, hoping to meet God on the other side. Um, and in a way they do at the end, but it's lovely, lovely twist to it. I like it. Yeah. Ostensibly science fiction, but I, I don't, this story is so, I can't remember the name of the story. Um, but, uh, it's totally uncategorizable. How about you, Ed? What are you reading? Hmm. Yeah, I just, I just read Junkie. By yeah. William Burroughs, which I never read. It felt like the thing to, to read. Well, what do you think? I think I've underrated him. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it reads. It reads like uh, uh, James Kane. It reads like um, kind of the noir of the fifties. Yeah. Uh, I think what I read of Burroughs was. You know, later on when he was, you know, playing all sorts of games that I didn't care about um, narratively. But this is just kind of like a straightforward 50s noir like James Kane or, or Jim Thompson. Mm-hmm. With, you know, with the with even more weirdness thrown in. Um, I liked reading it in, in context of those rather than in context of the beats who I don't care about or uh, um, kind of later later work. I enjoyed reading it. It was pretty good. I'm going to teach it this term. Oh, really? Yeah, my comp class. I wanted to teach something disgusting. Okay, great. I felt, I felt disgusting, so I wanted to teach something disgusting. Well, are you, what are you going to title the class? Freshman Composition. Oh, no, come on. Give it a, give it a spin. Disgusting uh, Books. Survival Basics and Disgusting Books. Yeah. Yeah. I call it Disgusting Books. Yeah. Well, I felt last term, last term, you know, because I teach, you know, poetry workshops, and that's fine. But the, the comp class, I, I taught it. It was it sort of geared it around the election, and so at the end of things, I felt just utterly poisoned. Sure. And both as not just as a citizen, but as a teacher, I felt poisoned and poisonous. Um, and uh, and I just wanted to. 
find more poison, I guess. Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. Well, a different poison. We're back real to poison. I wanted to find real poison yeah. instead of patriotic poison that's, you know, was dressed up in patriotic garb. Yeah. Well, what are your other disgusting books you're going to teach? Uh, the other, the other, that, that's the only book I could, I, I, I only, uh, you know, they're this is community college freshman comp. I can't throw too many books at him. Can't ask him to buy too many things. Okay. Uh, Kafka, we'll do a uh, hunger artist and a uh, penal colony. Yeah. Hunger artist is gross. Super um, gross. An- Angela Carter, um, okay. her revisions of uh, fairy tales. Um, we're going to start with The Little Mermaid, Hans Christian Andersen's Little Mermaid, which is one of the most disgusting things I know of. I've Are you familiar never, with the actual? No, no, I've never read it. Oh. So The Little, the little Mermaid, Yeah. Um, you know, she, she's fallen in love with a sailor, or, you know, a prince, someone on land. And, and, uh, this is these passages where she goes to find goes to the underwater witch, who has uh, is covered in snakes and toads, and a toad keeps eating out of her mouth. Ugh. Uh, let me let me find the. Yeah, I got it. I got it right here. Yeah. Good God. Find the passage. No, no, hold on. Let's find Toad on here. Okay. Uh, she came. She now came to a space of marshy ground in the wood, where large, fat water snakes were rolling in the mire and showing their ugly, drab-colored bodies. In the midst of this spot stood a house built with the bones of shipwrecked human beings. There sat the sea witch, allowing a toad to eat from her mouth, just as people sometimes feed a canary with a piece of sugar. She called the ugly water snakes her little chickens and allowed them to crawl all over her bosom. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the sort of thing. Yeah. So what, what, how, how does this differ? Are you going to talk about how this differs from the, uh, the beloved Disney? Uh, I'm going to pretend that it didn't even exist. The Disney movie? No, they'll say this isn't like, the other thing, and I'm like, what? What? What other thing? <laughs> You'll say, this, this is the thing. This doesn't look like anything to me. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing resembling this. Okay. There's no Disney. <laughs> what do you call it? Disney? What is this? What is this Disney? <laughs> is this a form of nausea? Then yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is in a Disney. <laughs> Oh, Eddie. We've been, uh, I don't know what we've been doing. I had a lot of fun things to talk about. Um, uh, did I, I went to Kansas. Did I talk to you since I went to Kansas? In mid-December? Uh, no, I don't think so. When did, when, well, we, we talked to Alice last time. So we, we talked, we did a bunch of Alice. Stuff, oh, that so. was, I was, I was going to see Alice. Um, and then I couldn't, uh, I was, uh, unable to make it to Omaha to my reading, which I felt terrible about. Why not? Both canceling a reading and also not seeing Alice and Danny. Um, the weather. 
Oh man. The weather was the weather was mildly unpleasant and my family talked me out of it. Oh. I should one should never combine professional things with family things. Yeah, my, I think that's my good. resolution. That's good advice. You go go do a reading. You got uh, a cousin or a brother who lives nearby. It's don't don't try to don't try to combine those things. Okay. Fair, that's fair. Because you can't split. You can't split the time. Uh, I'm going to try to see Alice next week. I'm going to be in Boston for for an evening. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. I don't know if she's in Boston. Don't know. Hope so. Me too. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, so you were in Kansas, uh, and uh, did you read things, eat things, or do things that you want to tell me about? I did want to, I wanted to tell you about Herman's Meats. Okay. I, I want to hear about it. I think that was the name of it. Yeah, Herman's Meats. Um, Herman's Smokehouse. There, there, there's been a Herman's... A butcher shop or smokehouse in Topeka for a long time. Mm-hmm. So they just um, it was in North Topeka, and then they tried someplace else. And now they they've opened up a, a, a big new uh, space um, that's convenient to uh, um, to my dad's house. And they got a deli and restaurant. It looks like a deli and restaurant that are fantastic, and a great great butcher shop. Um, they got meat bundles. You get a meat bundle. Ooh, you get a meat bundle from Herman's. Very nice. Everything was fantastic. Uh, Topeka gets a few more notches plus. A few more notches in the plus category with with Herman's. All right, this is great. Um, got uh, got a bunch of pork chops because I was uh, we had it was my, my dad's eighty seventh birthday. And we had a lot of people coming in. We were there for the week. And it was sort of a Thanksgiving and Christmas combined. Most of my brothers came in yeah. and. Uh, and we had um, um, pork chops one night from there that were incredible, thick pork chops. I got some little chickens. They they, they don't let yeah. you buy a very large chicken. I, we, I uh, roast a lot of chicken. Sure. Probably a couple a week. Um, and get them from the, the case here, and they're, they're big. Uh, but they were like, oh, you can't, if you, you can roast a chicken, you want a small, get get two or three small ones instead of a big one, because it's not a turkey. You get a big one, it's an old bird, it's not going to taste very good. Get, get a bunch of little ones. That's fair. That was smart. So that little, you know, kind of a pound birds, roasted them, uh, they were good. Beautiful. Almost got a crown roast, because they had it, and it looked good. But pulled back. Got a lot of barbecue. Got a lot of pickles. They got a lot of good pickles there. Topeka's good with pickles. Got Perubsky's pickles. But Herman's has hot pickles. Good hot pickles. Nice. A lot of it. Yeah, good pickles are Herman's important meat. Important and rare. Yeah. Um, I just want to like- say about this menu, the the prices are ludicrously low. Just It was so cheap. Absurdly yeah. cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to stay in business. You can get these. There's a section of the menu called family meals. Feed six to eight people. Here's the the smallest family meal you get. Feed six to eight people. Two pounds of meat. Two quarts of sides. Forty two fifty. Yeah. It's a good deal. S- Sixty four fifty for ten to twelve people. 
that's six bucks a head. That's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good deal. And it's quality. I don't like their logo. Don't like the logo. No. The, logos, the, logo, the most Topekan thing about them is their logo. As a butcher <laughs> shop, they would fit perfectly in, in... If they were in Seattle or Portland, they would, it would fit in very well. People would be very happy um, to have them. Um, but uh, the logo would have to go. You'd have to have more of an industrial. A little less... Uh, it's kind of a... Early days of... Like a really nice version of the early days of computer logo. Yeah. The word, the word art. Word art stretching of Herman's. Yeah. And also, it's unclear... I guess that's a spatula. That, yeah, maybe. But it's, but it's because the meat and smokehouse thing is on a sort of slab. It makes the the bottom of the spatula and the meat and smokehouse descriptor look like a, a paint roller. Yeah. So it looks like it's sort of a ro- roller painting fire onto uh, onto the wood yeah. wall. What is, what's happening with you right now? You. It looks great upside down. Oh. <laughs> I noticed that you were upside down. Yeah. If you make the logo upside down, the H still obtains. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the fire oh. looks like uh, I don't know an octopus or a merkin or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the uh, the the handle of the spatula looks like a microphone. <laughs> so it'd be a, good, a really good podcast logo. A pod, a seafood podcast. Yeah, seafood podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah grilled grilled octopus podcast. <laughs> Which I would listen to. I love a grilled octopus. Oh man. Speaking of grilled octopus, um, I've continued to watch uh, Top Chef, and I just watched season ten, which mostly takes place in Seattle. Yeah, and so I've been, you know, I've spent many hours just watching people who are really good at cooking cook seafood, Uh, and boy, does it get me excited about cooking. The other thing I want to do in 2017 is is more cooking. Probably going to end up cooking the things that I kill outside my apartment. Yeah, um, pigeons and yeah. pedestrians. Mostly rabbits. Ra- the The commonest animal around this apartment building is rabbits. Yeah. There are also deer, uh, which are not accustomed to being killed in this neighborhood, so I think that they'll be pretty easy to, to dispatch. Do you think you could get them just with, with a, a kit, like a fork? What I could do is set up a rifle in uh, my front window here um, and just keep it pointed out there. And when one is standing out there, just standing completely still, six feet away, I'll, I'll shoot it. That's my plan. I don't know how to catch the rabbits, though. I would have to do some research. But because the internet will be gone, um, I'm not sure how I'm yeah. going to do it. Yeah, you'll want a net. Um, you want a net. Actually, I have... I have uh, uh I have some brochures about uh, how to catch rats and uh, rabbits. Oh, you do? Uh, also, Ed, you just sent me a very sad link involving a deer. Yeah. Want to tell me about that? Well, I think it uh, um, explains itself. There was a, um, in my home state of Kansas, down in Ulysses, which is down in the Close, closer to Colorado and Oklahoma, southwest Kansas, yeah. uh, there was a, a family who had adopted a mule deer mm-hmm. um, that had, had followed the mother home um, when she was out for a walk as a fawn, a little fawn of a mule deer. A mule deer is a little sturdier than a white-tailed deer. 
um, but not yet not so large as an elk, but pretty substantial deer. And it and it had uh, followed them home, and they had uh, fed it, and it had become like the family dog. Deer are actually can be they're a herd animal, and they can if they identify with people, they'll get along with people. You can domesticate deer pretty easily. I didn't know that. And the, the deer would uh, come in, and they said it was housebroken even, and they, well, they weren't wasn't confined. They looked into the the laws about these things as well. As long as it's not confined, you're not really keeping it as a pet. It comes in, it goes out. This is sort of like a house cat. You know, yeah, a sure. house cat that goes outside a lot. Is that really? It's a pretty independent animal. Um, but because it's Kansas and we live in an authoritarian state, um, the, uh, the the man came in and shot it in front of the family. Jesus! In the house? No, I think in the yard. In what the, yard. the hell? Yeah, they shot it. Yeah, shot it in front of the, the family. Just, you can't have this. We can kill millions of deer and any other animals um, in this state, but uh, if you have any love in your heart, you must be punished. Got it. 2017. If you have love in your heart, you must be punished. Damn it. That's terrible. Any other bad news you got for me? Why don't you tell me about the Pine Street Market? That's all good news. Okay. The Pine Street Market is good news. That's where we went. Uh, so uh, friends Jeremy and Megan and Beatrix came down uh, from Seattle, and we uh, uh, they were staying at our friends Ed and Katie and Rory's mm-hmm. um, a mile away or so, and we enjoyed New Year's Eve weekend um, with a number of meals, including two twice we went two consecutive days closed out 2016 and opened up 2017 having lunch at the Pine Street Market which is a new uh, project down in downtown Portland that uh, sort of evolved out of food cart culture mm-hmm. uh, it's a restaurant with I don't know nine or ten uh, counters around a bunch of uh, nice picnic tables basically sure Fam- family style you go order what you want Sort of like uh, Grand, Central, Grand Central Market in L.A.? Very I like, much. I like yeah. the model. Um, why must every uh, every new restaurant have an X in the logo, though? Don't know. Always got to be an X. Yeah. Reminds me of the, uh, the markings on the doors in New Orleans after Katrina. You put the X and then indicate which militia you're from and how many dead people are inside and when you visit it. But you've got inside Pine Street Market, you've got Kim Jong Smokehouse, which is an extension of the uh, Kim Jong Grillin yeah. uh, place, which is particularly great for short ribs. I'm outrageously good short ribs. Is that a cat skull in the Kim Jong Smokehouse logo? Oh. Yeah. Uh, Marukan Ramen, which is a great ramen place that's actually from Tokyo. Um, there's one in Tokyo, one in Portland. It's really great um, for all sorts of things. Uh, Olympic Provisions has uh, great uh, meats, particularly a corn dog, a two foot long corn dog. It's very good. Ooh, that sounds very good. Pollo Bravo. Yeah. Which is a great uh, 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 Spanish 
the Latin American chicken place, uh, which is connected to the Toro Bravo, which is a very popular Portland restaurant. But the Pollo Bravo is great. Love to get a half chicken from them. Very spicy and crispy. Sort of like spicy and crispy in D.C. Um, it's very good. Got Shalom Y'all Israeli street food is there. Wow, that sounds delicious. Very good. Very good. They, they should have more stuff. You mainly go over there to get some hummus. But it's, uh, it's uh, you know, though, I like a restaurant with like six items. Yeah. Especially a counter. You're, you're, you're expecting, you're, you're sort of anticipating a fast food experience at these. Mm. So you don't want to wait too long. But you get a number, they, they bring it to you. They got good coffee. Uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, I was, We went there twice. We went there two days in a row. A lot of a lot of places to eat in Portland, a lot of food, and I think the, the fact that we went there two days in a row is uh, it's not a lack of imagination on our part, but a uh, an understanding of, of a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally understand. Well, it was like you know, I went to I went to the Grand Central Market every day when I was in L.A. because because why not? Lots of good stuff. This looks wonderful. I'll link to the full list of uh, of counters. Um, they all they all sound wonderful and a diverse lineup of uh, different cuisines. Very good, very good. Have you had any? Did you have anything at Op Verst? Yeah, that's had the corn dog and a hot I had, dog. That had the corn dog, right? Yeah, corn dog and a hot dog. They were okay. They were fine. Okay. Olympic Provisions has a lot of great stuff. They have a a, a main store over by my giant shoe store. Uh, it's a small store with giant shoes. Uh, okay. I didn't want you to think that I shopped at some shoe superstore. Speaking of the cuisine of Oregon, I cannot get those uh, fine X uh, pans out of my head. I've gone to their the cast iron pan you've got the octagonal yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've gone. I've visited their website like once a week ever since you told me about that. Uh, is there anything preventing you from getting one? Yeah, like because they cost two hundred dollars. Is the reason. And I don't have two hundred dollars, but um, I may. Yeah, I may before too long. You could look on the uh, the the alternate markets. Yeah, um, I I looked on eBay, uh, and uh, it seems they're they're not they're not commonly sold used. So, yeah. uh, I will say though, um, I have I have a a, a quick quick money making scheme. A, practically a decade ago, a student gave me a bottle of Dom Perignon Brut as a gift, yeah. or write, writing them, writing him or her—I can't remember who it was—a uh, a rec letter for grad school. And the student got into grad school and um, was grateful for the letter, even though it was without question their their work that got them in, not my letter. But um, gave, gave me some champagne as a gift, and it's, of course this special bottle of champagne. Uh, I would never buy it a bottle of champagne, you know, that costs more than $15. And I, so I put it in the fridge thinking, Oh, wait for something really special to happen. Yeah. Um, and for several years I would see it in there and decide that nothing special had special enough. had happened. Um, and, uh, after three years, maybe I forgot it was in there. Uh, and now it's, uh, uh it's sitting in my fridge. I'm never going to drink it. And it's now worth $200. <laughs> so I'll probably sell it on eBay. Yeah. Uh, for a hundred, I'll undercut everybody else so that it's sure to sell, and uh, I'll use that. I'll put that money toward a cast iron pen. I think that's a good plan. 
Yeah. Um, that's a good use of. Uh, I mean, it's a, I bet it would. I bet it, uh, you should do that. You should also buy a, a like a six six dollar bottle of champagne, um, and have that when you get the pan. So you still get a little champagne yeah, out of yeah. it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, Save that's a little a great, bit. Great idea. Or you it tastes I, or, about the same. Or even uh, I, I must say Prosecco was my favorite uh, bubbly bubbly booze. I so. prefer prefer Prosecco. Go some Prosecco. So you sent me two links connected to something called Prairie Wolf. What is this? Yeah. What do we have? Here? I might have talked to you about this before. Um, this is just was reminding. This is this is some uh, this couple who live in in uh, Kansas, north of north of where I went to college. That I I met. Um, doing kind of wilderness camping uh, that I didn't know was near their property. And uh, got to know them, John and Jerry McPherson. And uh, lovely people, book mm-hmm. readers, uh, survivalists. And they wrote a series of pamphlets in the 90s about how to survive primitively, um, how to uh, like make traps for catching mice and rats to eat, um, uh, and how to survive under extreme circumstances when you have nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be a, a good reading for the upcoming um, uh, global crash and apocalypse. Great. Make and meet with John and Jerry McPherson. You've got lessons in how to uh, um, use an atlatl, for example. And uh, uh, the insects are delicious. And uh, how to preserve uh, meat, uh, field dressing, sinew removal, mm-hmm. how to make baskets out of bark. Um, digging things like that, um, you know, valuable information for you. Uh, oh, I see. There's a you can buy their books and DVDs. Um, they basically you can get their books on Amazon.com, but they say they can't sell it off their website. Their the page reads for books. There is an issue. Between the government and large businesses, it makes it more than a little inconvenient for us as a small business to do business. We are unable to accept credit cards through our website anymore. Yeah, they're a little they're they're a little bit like that. <laughs> but I tell you, I love them. They no, really, I don't doubt they were, it. They were great folks and got to know them pretty well and taught me a good bit about just basic camping and uh, had lots cool. of cups of uh, coffee um, made on a percolator over a campfire um, up by Fancy Creek, Kansas. Have, uh, you, have, you, have you taken your uh, your uh, toddler age son Oscar camping? When he was an infant, we went on a week week of camping in Yellowstone. Yeah. We have not taken him camping since. We should. Yeah. We live in Oregon. We ought to do that more. Yeah, he's. Well, I was thinking he'll he'll soon be at an age where that will be a lot more possible than it was in the recent past. Yeah, a lot more pleasant. But you know, the the potential for it to actually be fun is great. Is about is high. Fun. Yeah, it's high. Yeah, and easy here for us. We should. We'll do that more of it. Twenty seventeen. Well, we'll have to be camping. Yeah, naturally. Yeah. Donald Trump is going to burn down my house with a tweet. Wow. What will the tweet read? Um, it'll just be cryptic, like stupid, stupid scoot house. Burn, burn, burn. <laughs> Sad. 
chat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's still obsessed with uh, Hillary Clinton. He will. He is. Uh, he's insane. I think he's coming around to trying to put her in jail again. I, I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to go back there. It's been two months. Two months since he won the presidential election, and he's still talking about Hillary Clinton. He really enjoyed hating Hillary Clinton, and now he's got to do other things. He's not doing them. Well, that's, it's, it's, it's a nightmare, John. <laughs> I know. I know it and is. It's... Gonna be really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, I can't even really joke about it. Okay. Um. You going to AWP? Of course, I'm going to AWP. Where is? I've got my our... tickets and everything, but I think I'm about not going. Ed, Ed. Ed, I really I want, want to you go to, to go. DC in February. I don't want to either, but we, but we gotta. We're staying. I'm staying at your favorite hotel. I, I booked a room there because you're going to be there. Okay, okay. Yeah, you should come, and we, we, we need to have a, um, an. Can I be need, drunk the whole time? Yes, we need to have an offsite hideout. Whether maybe is the is the bar at the hotel a good one? Yeah. I mean, maybe that could be it. Um, there's good ones around there. Um. Yeah, I know. I know a number of uh, that's that's not that's the that's the area I lived in when I was in DC. When I when I was in DC uh, eight years ago, at the beginning of the Obama years, oh god, much, much more pleasant place. Yeah, it, well, you know, Trump's probably going to be in Mar-a-Lago at that point. Right, he won't be there. He won't so, be there. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's there's some good bars. There's uh, um uh, not Mother Foucault's, but it's another play like that. Um, the Scientist Bar. That's some good, some good bars in the D.C. area that I know of. Yeah, we, in, we should... in the, in the near, not too far from the the Tabard. The Tabard itself is it's got a nice little bar and great restaurant. One of the best restaurants in the city. Great. Uh, uh, so we're going to eat there all the time and not yeah, leave the hotel. I I'm, and I have to say the um, being in D.C. Uh, with you. A, a a student a student of uh, Americana and American history uh, is uh, something I'm looking forward to. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to go out to the Congressional Cemetery, one of my favorite things in the city, mm-hmm. which is over by the um, Armory stop um, near RFK. Is this where they'll it's, be burying the Democrats alive? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, alive or dead, <laughs> but they leave their heads sticking up. I mean, that's how we'll know. Oh. <laughs> we'll go there and we'll hear the screen. Yeah. Uh, we'll go to the Congressional Cemetery. Go to... Uh, well, I want to have lunch at the American Indian uh, Museum. Sure. the mall. My favorite restaurants here. Um, good stuff over around GW. A nice little hole in the wall bar in Georgetown. I don't know if it's still there. It's hard to imagine it still is. Uh, yeah, we'll have fun. Okay. You talked right. me into it. Okay. Okay. Deal. I'm really. We'll have glad. a we'll have a meet up there too. Yeah. Okay. Good. So you want to you want to wrap this thing up? Yeah, I hope that the audio is is 
I hope that it's not too unpleasant to listen to. No, it's um, it, you're to, you're quite audible, and it's just yeah. going to sound like you're, um, well, like you're you're pod- podcasting from a hole in the ground where yeah. you live, where you now live. Yeah, you, we could say that you're podcasting from the future. Effectively, I I am. I'm a month in the future. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, John. Hang in there, friend. Take care. All right. I, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Nice hat. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hankering for lunch? Well, then come to lunch. Because it's time for lunch. Box with Ed John. That's right. It's time for lunch. Box with Ed and-